Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. And for those of your households, and as the food for your little ones, pay 20, keep 80. It's yours. Feed your family, take care of business, plan ahead, save seed for planting. You're becoming independent again. You have the land, you have the seed, but you must pay a tax to Pharaoh from now on every year, 20%. Joseph is establishing a nation. Nations need budgets, they need government workers, they need resources, they need to help the poor. I mean, you understand American government, one of the greatest in the world. Verse 25, so they said, you have saved our lives, Joseph. We were all going to starve to death. And you are our hero. You're our savior. They're not complaining about the 20% tax. They're getting their land back, their houses. Everything's being restored. You're going to have independence again, but we got to keep the government going. We're establishing a permanent tax. Let us find favor in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's slaves. We will obey. We'll consent. You have come up with a win-win situation. Joseph is saving the people, but he's saving them for purpose. They are being saved to serve. I have saved you from the famine, and now you must serve the great Pharaoh. I believe it's like Christianity. Jesus came, he died on the cross for your sins. He's come to save you. Praise God, I'm saved. Jesus, you're my savior, we're all saved. But for purpose. He has saved you so that you might serve him and his kingdom. Do you see it? Oh, I'm saved, that's all there is. No. (laughs) Now he's your Lord and your master and he owns you. He's your teacher and master. I mean, we say Jesus is Lord. He takes over. He runs my life. He runs my show. He runs my house, my family, my finances. I serve him. And if you will serve the Lord, he'll give you a better life. If you serve the Lord, he'll take care of you. If you serve Christ, he'll give you success in every area. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. It pays to serve. Now, when I'm saved, I'm not working my way to heaven. Jesus already done all the work, right? It's grace. It's forgiveness. I'm not earning my way to heaven. I'm already adopted. I'm already into the family of God. But now that I'm saved, if you're truly saved, you should want to serve the kingdom of heaven. And you see these people? They want to serve the Pharaoh. Their lives have been saved, and they have gratitude. Verse 26, Joseph made a statute concerning the land of Egypt, valid to this day, that Pharaoh should have the fifth 
Only the land of the priest did not become Pharaoh's. It's permanent legislation. It's where the Congress votes. You're going to fill out all this paperwork. I mean, my forms are like really long. <laughs> fill out all this paperwork and pay taxes, right? When you go to Walmart, you pay, is it 7.7 something percent state sales tax? When gasoline pump, there's hidden taxes. Utility bills, there's taxes. Taxes are everywhere, but way more than 20%. The people are happy. The people are content. Their lives have been saved. God does establish with his people, now I want you to help me. <laughs> support my temple, support my synagogue, support my church, support my priests, support my pastors with a tithe, and we call that a tenth. So instead of a 20%, a 10%. But it is voluntary as Christians. God asks us from our own free will to want to give with a joyful heart and to support the work of his church. <sighs> Take care of family. Family comes first. God says, if a man does not take care of his own household, he's worse than a non-Christian, than a pagan. And if you can't take care of your own family, how are you going to take care of the family of God? So there's a priority here. Take care of family, verse 27. Now Israel lived in the land of Egypt. This is Father Jacob. He's relocated with the whole clan, about 70 total, in Goshen. And they acquired property in it and were fruitful and became very numerous. They are blessed from God. Can I tell you, God's people are different than the people of the world. The Egyptians, it's their culture to sell everything away, give everything away, to become slaves. Egyptians were into slavery. I'll sell myself, I'll sell my kids. But God's people are different. The Jews are not slaves. The Jews have not sold their land. The Jews have been doing the opposite. They're buying land. They're buying farms. They're not paying the taxes. They're free. They're wise. The Jews are resourceful. You ever meet Jewish businessmen? Very smart, very successful at business. Many Jews win awards and Nobel Peace Prizes and inventors. You ever go to the land of Israel? Great prosperity, high tech, moving up. Their goal is to be, I think they're like number three or number four in the world with technology. They're very aggressive. They are blessed by God, you see it. They have property. The Egyptians rent and the Jews own. The Jews have big families. They're building a future. They have children. It's a different mindset. Can I tell you, God is going to give the Jews their own land. He has made promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Father Jacob, the patriarchs. The land of Canaan will be theirs, and it will be renamed Israel, right? The Jews have their own homeland now, scattered through the world, regathered like 
the prophecies say in the end times, the Jews will come from the ends of the earth back to their own homeland, Israel. 1948, they legally established their nation. And then recently we had a big celebration of Israel as a nation, about 70 years. And in the land of Israel, it's different than the land of Egypt. In the land of Israel, God gives his people property. <laughs> he gives them an inheritance in the land. He gives them property rights. And he even sets up in the law that if they do foolish things and they sell their property, they give it away, they blow it, it's foreclosed. They have redemption rights. And they can get their land and their house and their farmland again because of the grace of God. They have an inheritance that they can give to their kids and their grandkids, and they keep the farm, they keep the vineyards, they keep the house, they keep it in the family, and it's divvied up among the tribes because God is into property rights and freedom and land and home. Kind of reminds me of America. I don't think God is a socialist nor a communist where the government owns everything. That's Egypt. But when Israel comes, God's people will own everything. And can I tell you, when Jesus comes back again, <laughs> the Christians are going to own the earth. The meek shall inherit the earth, Jesus promised. Verse 28. Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. That number 1717. 17. That's how long he had his son Joseph. He loved his favorite son, the beautiful coat of many colors. He had him till he was 17, and then the bad boy sold him off secretly. But now God is restoring Joseph. To Jacob, his dreams are coming true. In his old age, he's getting his son again, and he keeps him for 17 more years. Wow, it's like a double. 17 years old, now you get him another 17 years. So the length of Jacob's life was 147 years. Lived a long time. 29 when the time for Israel to die drew near, he called his son Joseph and said to him, Send for my favorite. My life is ending. I must talk to Joseph. He's my closest. He was robbed from me, but now I have him back for 17 more years, huh? But now my life is closing. I must speak to Joseph first. And this is what he said to him. Please, if I have found favor in your sight, place now your hand under my thigh and deal with me in kindness and faithfulness. It's a bizarre thing. It's like a pledge. You know, we used to spit on our hands and rub the spit or the blood oath, you know, prick your finger or cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye, you know, make pledges, promises. This is a Jewish thing. This is back, I think, back to 
Abraham and Eliezer make this promise. Stick your hand under my thigh that you will get a good bride for my son. And so it's a very personal, intimate, kind of weird thing to me. But do it. Joseph, stick your hand under my thigh and make this promise to me. It's so important. Please do not bury me in Egypt because this is not my home, this pagan land. My heart is in Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land, the promises to my forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Jews love the land of Israel, but there's many Arab nations want to take it away from them. The battles go on all the way back to the beginning because, you see, they were brothers. They were connected. And so there's a hostility that probably will never end, fighting over the land. But the promises of Israel and the deeds to the land are in the Old Testament. My heart is in Israel. Do not bury me here. Verse 30. But when I lie down with my fathers, my forefathers, you shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. And he said, I will do as you have said. Promise me, don't leave my bones here. Take my body back when I die. It's like Americans. Sometimes you've you got you get the family plots right and you have a special place where you're buried and husband and wife and parents and kids are buried side by side in the family cemetery family plots same idea don't leave me in this pagan land take my body home what was the movie water diviner or something like that where he goes to this foreign land because he wants to find the dead bodies of his sons. They fought in the war, and he wants to bury them back home. You know, no man left behind. Take them in the airplane, right? Our warriors, our heroes, bring them back home. Bring home the remains, and let's have a proper, respectful funeral of love and bury them back home. Philomena, when her son could not find her, he searched his whole life. He was taken away, sold to someone else. He wanted his mom back, and when he could not find her, he had his remains shipped overseas and sent back to her home, and he's buried there so in death he could be with his mom. Take me back home. 31, he said, swear to me. So he swore to him. Then Israel bowed and worshiped at the head of the bed. Promise me, swear to me. It's so important, Joseph. Some translations, the head of the bed, the head of the staff, he's like leaning over, he's old. And you know what Father Jacob is doing to Joseph? The word bow means to bend, he's bowing. In worship, he's bowing to his son, very unusual. 
Does that remind you of something? Joseph has a dream. Father, Father, I had this dream. The sun and the moon and 11 stars bowed to me. And his father says, shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow ourselves down before you to the ground? Are you crazy? Oh, no. God's dreams come true. And it was a dream. God told me, you're going to bow to me, Father. And now at the end of his life, he finally bows to his son. You cannot stop God's dreams from coming true, even if you doubt them, even if you have no faith. God's word is true. So what do I do with this? What is God telling me? What's the next step? To accept Jesus' work for you. Can I tell you, Jesus took care of business. He paid the price. He completed the Father's work. He was working hard every day. Jesus even did the Father's work on Sabbath. And boy, the clergy got upset. How dare you do these miracles, signs, wonders, healings on Sabbath? And Jesus said, my Father's working. I'm working. I'm doing the Father's work. I'm doing the miracles, the healings, the signs, the wonders. I'm setting people free. Casting out the demons. Jesus was doing the Father's work. Jesus did the Father's work in his whole life from 12 years old. I have to be about my Father's business. Teaching, working in the temple, questions, serving, training, entering the ministry, living a life of godly work. And he worked all the way to the cross. And he worked so hard, paying for the sins of the world, suffering, agonizing. He did all the work for you. Do you see it? Christianity is grace, mercy, and forgiveness. You don't work your way. You know, the cults, the religions of the world, I'm working, I'm striving, I'm whipping, I'm crawling, I'm begging. I shave my head, I'm playing the tambourine, I'm acting like a goofball, right? Rolling around. But it's not necessary. Jesus has paid the price. He's done all the work for you. All you must do is receive his work by faith, by grace. He did that life, that ministry, that death, and that resurrection he raised for us. And Jesus has finished the work. Didn't he say on the cross, it is Finished. He finished the work. You cannot add to his work, but you can accept his work on your behalf. Joseph is like Jesus. Do you see that? Both of them are feeding the world from starvation. Joseph feeds the known world through the grains of Egypt. He's the bottleneck. You come through Joseph. Joseph is running the show. Do you see it? Pharaoh puts him in charge. He's number two. He saves the world, especially Canaan, where the Jews are from, and Egypt, the empire. But now Jesus has come like Joseph to save the world 
and to feed the world. But his grain is different. His bread is different. He is the bread of life. And he gives himself as our food and our drink. This bread is my body. This cup is my blood. Take it, eat it, drink it. Spiritually, Jesus feeds us from our spiritual hunger. And he's the only source. He's the only method. He's the only true food. And people get upset. Well, how can you say Jesus is the only way? His cross is the only way. It's the only food. It's the only pure, holy blood. No other religious leader has the blood that is pure and sinless. You could be mad at God that there's only one way, but I'm like, praise God, I have a way. <laughs> praise God, I can be fed. I can go to heaven. I found the way. Instead of being mad, there's only one way. Be grateful like the Egyptians. Joseph, you've saved us. Jesus, you've saved me. And now I'm your servant and your slave. You see it. The bread of life. Can I tell you, the bread is not free. People think, I'll just tell God I'm sorry, he'll forgive me and I get to get in, right? No. <laughs> the bread is not free. Do you see that? The Egyptians, they come to Joseph. He says, you got to pay for this bread. Pay your money. Pay your livestock. Pay your land. Pay yourself. Give your everything for this bread. In Christianity, the bread of life is not free. Salvation is not free. God doesn't just wave his wand and say you're forgiven. Somebody's got to pay for it. But there's good news. Jesus has paid the price. Jesus has bought you the bread of life. Jesus has paid the most expensive price, his own blood and his own life. It's not free, but the good news is someone has paid the price for you so that it can be free to you. And we call that amazing grace. And if you reject Jesus, it will cost you everything like the Egyptians. You will lose your money. You'll lose your pets, your animals, your livelihood, your properties, your house, your people, your very life. You will lose it all if you reject Christ. But if you receive his gift that he's paid, you will gain it all. It's like the famous missionary martyr, Jim Elliot, became a missionary to the Alka Indians to give them the gospel. And you know what the Indians did to him? They speared him to death. Crazy. And yet his wife goes with another wife. The five missionaries are killed. And the two women go back to the very tribe that murdered and martyred their husbands. And they win the whole tribe to Jesus. Go figure. <laughs> but Jim Elliot has a famous saying. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Take care of business 
Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for doing your work, the Father's work, on our behalf. Thank you for taking care of business for us and saving our soul and paying the most expensive price known to man, giving us your very blood, leaving your throne in heaven, your glory, your riches, your power, your worship. You sacrificed it all for us. You went to the cross. You rose from the dead for us. We want your payment. We want your bread of life that you have bought for us, your very self. Sustain us, feed us, fill us, fill the emptiness in our soul because we call upon your name, the Lord Jesus Christ. We love you, we bless you, and we pray in your very name, in Jesus' name. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.